Welcome to the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, season two, helping pilgrims get ready for their first pilgrimage walk on the Camino. With your host, Camino guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. And welcome to Nancy's Camino Training Guide for the non-athlete regular person who wants to walk all or part of the Camino de Santiago. That is what we will be talking about in this episode, getting you ready for the physical rigors of walking the Camino. This topic comes up a lot online on the Camino Forum and in the Camino Facebook groups. Do you really need to train to walk the Camino? How much training do you need to do? What do you need to do? Is it enough to just walk around your neighborhood a couple times a week? We will find out. Before I get to all of that, though, I wanted to share with you a couple of updates and give you a preview of what's to come here on the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast. This is Nancy, and I want to share with you that when I was in Santiago de Compostela last October, I had the pleasure of being interviewed by Lee Brennan, host of the Camino Cafe podcast. If you don't know Lee, I'll share with you that she is an American who relocated to Spain after walking the Camino. I met Lee in 2021 in Saint Jean Pied du Port when she was starting her second Camino walk, and I got to share with her a bunch of my best tips for those first few days on the trail. The podcast episode with Lee was released on February 27th, and it is available on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you'll check it out, and also check out the other episodes Lee has for you. A few days after the interview with Lee was released, I was also a guest on Maria Seco's podcast, Spanish for the Camino. Oh my goodness, this one was in Spanish, which is not my first language. Maria is a very patient teacher, and she coached me for our conversation. The goal of Maria's podcast is to help pilgrims better understand spoken Spanish when they are on the Camino which will help enrich the experience. I've got the links for both of these podcasts in the notes for this episode. Now let's look at what's to come on this podcast. I am happy to share with you that I have more conversations with first-time pilgrims for you, including a follow-up with Meg from Tacoma, Washington, who you met in episode six. Meg will be walking the Camino Frances in July with her mom and sister, and next time I'll be talking with all three of them. We will also check in with Kathy from Michigan, who we met in Season 1, Episode 11. Kathy will walk the Camino del Norte in June this year, and we will hear how her Camino plans are coming along. I had another conversation with Pilgrim David, who in Episode 2 shared with us his packing tips. In our second conversation, we talked about what you do after the Camino, 
how David brought his Camino experiences back into his life at home. And for all of you who are eager to learn some Spanish or improve your current skills, I will be talking with Maria from Spanish for the Camino, who I mentioned a moment ago, to practice how to say the names of the cities and towns on the Camino Frances. You will get to hear two voices, Maria's, who is a native Spanish speaker, and mine. I learned Spanish in school in California and have developed my accent over the past 15 years. This one should be lots of fun. Now let's get to that training guide for the non-athlete regular person who wants to walk all or part of the Camino de Santiago. My upfront disclaimer is that I am not an athlete, not a personal trainer, and not a physical therapist. Further, I'm not usually even interested in exercise, but I do concede that walking the Camino is a huge physical undertaking, and it is best to be physically prepared. When it comes to training, I recommend that you start now, regardless of when you plan to walk the Camino. You definitely want time on your side when it comes to preparing your body for the rigors of walking the Camino. I think it's helpful to begin the discussion of training for the Camino with a clear understanding of what, exactly, you are training for. Let's say you want to walk the minimum distance to qualify for the Compostela issued by the church. To qualify for the Compostela, you must walk at least the final 100 kilometers into Santiago on your chosen route, or cycle at least the final 200 kilometers, but I'm assuming you are a walker. As an example, on the Camino Frances, you would start in Saria, 115 kilometers from Santiago, to meet that requirement. If you were to walk 20 kilometers a day, you would be walking for four to five hours a day, and you would need six days for this walk. If you have only five days for this walk, you would need to walk about 23 kilometers a day. Many people listening to this podcast are getting ready to walk the Camino Frances. That route stretches from Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port, France, to Santiago de Compostela, Spain, and covers about 800 kilometers, which is about 500 miles. If you walk the entire way and cover around 20 kilometers a day, you will be walking four to five hours a day for about 40 days. If you have less than 40 days to complete the walk, you'll need to walk farther each day or skip some sections. For example, if you have 30 days, you will need to average 27 kilometers per day. Regardless of which route you choose or how long you will be on the trail, you will be walking up and down hills. For example, on the Camino Frances, you will be crossing three mountain ranges with elevation gains and losses of up to 4,000 feet or 1,200 meters. Now let me ask, can you walk 20 to 25 kilometers in a day? And more importantly, can you walk 20 to 25 kilometers a day 
every day for six days? How about for 30 to 40 days? Can you go up hills without inducing a cardiac event? Can you walk down hills without injuring yourself? This is what you are training for. Well, we have some work to do to get ready then, don't we? It may seem obvious or at least intuitive that you would want to train and prepare your body before you walk the Camino. And then a moment after you acknowledge that, your mind might remind you that you are very busy and you definitely don't have time to walk hours a day for the weeks and months before your Camino. Well, in the spirit of full disclosure, I will tell you that before becoming a guide on the Camino, I seldom trained for my pilgrimages. I know, that was the first seven years I was on the Camino. Instead, I just turned up on the trail and took it slowly for the first week, walking only a few hours and clocking in just eight to 10 kilometers a day. I do not recommend this approach. And I'll share with you the main reason why. And that is that training for the Camino helps you to prevent injuries. One of the greatest side benefits of building up your walking time and distance gradually before you go to the Camino is that of preventing injuries and other foot problems. A common cause of injuries and blisters on the Camino is walking too far, too fast, or both before your body and feet are ready for it. Walking too far in a day and walking any distance too fast can put unnecessary strain on your body, specifically your joints and feet. Another cause of injuries and blisters is simply carrying too much weight in your backpack, especially if you're not accustomed to carrying the weight. During the last month before your Camino start, I recommend loading up your backpack to the weight you will carry on the Camino and carrying it for all of your training walks. Be sure to include snacks and water so you can match the weight and weight distribution as closely as possible to real Camino conditions. As you train with your backpack, you will learn what your body can comfortably carry and you can begin to weed out any unnecessary items you're carrying. Keep in mind that any change in terrain could potentially cause blisters, so be sure to train going up and down hills too. For more on this idea, check out episode four from season one. It's on selecting and breaking in your boots. I'll put the link for that episode in the notes. A final note on walking, be sure to train in the boots or walking shoes you'll wear on the Camino. Your feet must know those boots well by the time you begin your Camino walk. I am, by nature, a very optimistic yet realistic person. So I'm going to give you a few options for training for your Camino. I'll start with the comprehensive approach that will have you in great shape for your Camino and for your life in general. Then I will share with you my bare minimum fitness plan that will allow you to get at least over the first mountain and couple of hills on your chosen route. 
my hope is to steer you away from the no training plan and to give you some ideas for how to stay the course as you prepare for the physical rigors of the Camino pilgrimage. Okay, let's get going, starting with my five-part plan. If you are planning your Camino well in advance and you have at least three months or more to prepare, you have plenty of time to have a huge impact on your overall fitness and health. Personal trainers and fitness experts will tell you that you can transform your body in just 90 days. And in some regards, this is true. You certainly can change many of the behaviors and eating habits required to have a lasting impact on your health within that time. I've done it, and it feels incredible, by the way. Some people use a fitness or athletic event to motivate them to get into shape, to lose weight and get healthy. Your Camino could be this event for you. But even if it's not, we're going to look at a five-part plan to get you ready to walk your Camino. Here are the five parts. Your feet, cardiovascular health, strength training, flexibility, and of course, walking. Let's get started with your feet. Now, you're probably thinking I'm going to give you a plan to care for blisters should they happen, but that's another episode. What I'm going to put in the training plan is this question. Can you reach your feet? I know, what a crazy question, but it's so important. Your feet will need constant attention and affection during your training and on the Camino, as they will be carrying you a long, long way for hours each day. Step one of your training plan then is to kick off your shoes and massage your feet. Start with doing this while sitting on a dining room or kitchen chair. Then do it while sitting on a soft couch. Then on a bench in the park, on a rock, and finally on the ground. If you can reach your feet easily on all of these seats, then you will be able to reach them on the Camino when you need to take off your boots or shoes, tape them up, massage them, or care for problem spots. Number two, cardiovascular health. The next thing you're going to need for your Camino walk is cardiovascular fitness. This is especially true if you'll be walking the Camino Frances. On that route, your first one or two days will be the arduous climb over the Pyrenees Mountains. The ascent from Saint Jean Pied du Port to the highest point of that pass is a distance of 21 kilometers, much of it very steep, with an elevation change of 1,200 meters up. In other measures, that is 13 miles, ascending nearly 4,000 feet. Some pilgrims break this first stage into two days and stop for the night at Refuge Orison or Albersborda, shortening the first day to eight or nine kilometers and an elevation gain of 600 meters, so that's 2,000 feet up. On the second day then, they would ascend the next 600 meters, or 2,000 feet, over 11 kilometers, before the descent begins. There are many ways to improve your cardiovascular health, 
and all of them involve elevating your heart rate. For this reason, I recommend you consult a physician before starting an exercise program. And then once your doctor gives you the go-ahead, you can hit the gym or the local trails. Or if you don't have either of those things, look around for a tall building with stairs you can climb, like an office or apartment building, or department store, or even bleachers at the local university. You may also enjoy other forms of exercise like swimming, tennis, sports, cycling, jogging. Anything that elevates your heart rate will do the job of building cardiovascular fitness. The next fitness category, number three on our training plan, is by far and away my least favorite, but perhaps one of the most important. Strength training is where you build up the muscles that enable your body to do whatever physical job you're going to ask of it. The experts say that strength training will serve you well if you intend to live a long and healthy life, which I do. If you have the time and the inclination, a total body program is best, but for our Camino purposes, you'll want to focus on your legs. With the many ascents on the Camino routes, strong legs are going to be your best friends. But it's on the descents where you really need the strength. Ideally, you want to build strength in all the muscles in your legs and also your gluteus muscles with specific focus on the quadriceps, which are the large leg muscles that will get you down the hills without injuring your knees. There are many ways to strengthen your legs and other body parts. You can go to a gym and use the machines and free weights, or you can do body movements that use your body weight to build the muscles. I'll share a few online resources later in this episode. The most important thing to remember when doing strength training is to follow good form. It's better to do less with good form than to do more without it. A personal trainer or videos on the internet can set you on the right track if you've never done strength training using weights or machines. The next category, number four on our list, is an often overlooked part of training for the Camino but it's pretty important, and that is flexibility. Fitness experts recommend stretching before and after a workout for the health and safety of the muscles. This is nearly common sense for exercise in general. For the Camino, though, there's another reason you may not be aware of. Walking is a repetitive movement, and walking the Camino has you doing this movement for hours each day. If you're going to walk 20 kilometers, you'll be doing the same movement in the joints of your lower body for anywhere from three to six hours a day. That means your hips, knees, ankles, and toes, and all your muscles are doing one thing over and over again. This repetitive movement, believe it or not, is hard on the body, which you will especially notice when you stop and sit for a while, then try to move again. Things just tighten up. As a serial pilgrim, I have learned that stretching is critical to preventing joint injuries and pain. When you start doing your training walks for the Camino, one of the best practices 
you can incorporate into your routine is a stretching regimen that addresses all the muscles and joints of your lower body. Start with your hips and work your way down your legs, quadriceps, hamstrings, calves, ankles, feet, and don't forget the toes. You might also want to stretch the rest of your body too. Stretch your back, especially the lumbar region, which is carrying your pack, shoulders, upper back, sides, everything. It takes just a few minutes, and it feels really, really good. When to stretch? I recommend a warm-up first of walking at a leisurely pace for, say, five to ten minutes. Then pull over to the side of the trail or hop off the machine at the gym and stretch. When you are on the Camino Trail or doing a training walk before, I recommend stopping every hour to stretch. The stretch break isn't so much about stretching from head to toe. It's more about changing position. If you're carrying your backpack, take it off and do a couple of squats to stretch out your hips and lower back. Or find a bench or patch of grass in the sun and sit cross-legged for a few minutes, leaning forward to stretch out your hips and lower back. To make the break really effective, you can take off your shoes or boots air out your feet, do some circles with your ankles, and give your toes a quick massage. Fortunately, we already did that first part of the training program where we got to where we can reach our feet. If you feel any pain in your legs or feet while walking, that's another good time to stop and stretch. The surprise here, though, is that you don't want to start with the body part that's hurting. Instead, move up one or two muscle groups or joints and start your stretching there. That means if your ankle or calf hurts, you want to start stretching your lower back and hips and then work your way down to your toes. Everything is connected and everything works together as a team. Finally, after you finish exercising or walking for the day, have a seat, sip some water, And then, after 5 or 10 minutes, run yourself through a set of stretches. You can find loads of articles and videos online on the best stretches for walking. I've got one of my favorites in the notes for you. I will admit, I tend to get bored pretty easily when it comes to exercise and physical activity, so I prefer to mix things up a bit. Practicing yoga is a great way to gain flexibility and add variety, to an exercise plan at the same time. And it's really easy to incorporate simple yoga moves into an on-the-trail stretching regimen. If you've never practiced yoga, I recommend finding a class at a local studio or online. There are many styles of yoga. I favor hatha for the first-time student. At least that's what I started with, and it was an easy introduction to the practice. A good teacher will introduce you to both the physical and spiritual aspects of yoga. Ensure you're using good form and encourage you to push yourself in your practice. Now we move to number five of the five-part plan, which is perhaps the most obviously necessary part of training for the Camino, and that is walking. In the case of walking, more is, in fact, more in many cases here. When on the Camino, you'll be walking for three to eight hours a day, day after day, 
And the only way really to prepare for the walk is to walk. If you have the time, the best walking training plan is one that mimics your days on the Camino. That means walking three to five hours a day for three to five days in a row, then taking a rest day, then doing that again and again. I know not everyone has the time to walk that much. Real life has a pesky way of overriding our best laid plans. If you can't dedicate that much time, then aim for one or two long hikes each week for the two months before your departure. By long, I mean 20 kilometers or 12 miles or more, taking as much time as you need to complete the walk. That reminds me to mention something about time. When you are on the Camino Trail, you will have the entire day to cover the distance you're going that day. The Camino is a walk, not a race. And in my experience, a relaxed pace is a more enjoyable pace. I direct you at this point to a book I really enjoyed called Walk in a Relaxed Manner by Joyce Rupp. And I'll put that in the notes as well. You can train for the Camino by focusing on either time walked or distance walked or both. I think it's informative to track both time and distance so you have a sense of how long your days will be on the Camino. I recommend following a training plan that has you increase both time spent walking and the distance covered as you approach your Camino start date. I'm going to share with you a sample plan in a few minutes. Counting steps is all the rage. In my opinion, very personal opinion here, I think it's more informative and helpful to measure time and distance. Let me also mention here, if you plan to use trekking poles, which are also called walking sticks or walking poles, buy them now and learn how to use them. They are fantastic aids to training for and walking the Camino. There are plenty of YouTube videos that will show you how to use trekking poles, but not all of them give you information that is helpful for a walk like the Camino. For a true expert and relevant suggestions, my go-to person is Jaya Faye Paley. You can start by watching her video on how to adjust the straps on your trekking poles. I'll put the link for that excellent video in the notes. No matter how you approach training for the Camino, the most important point is to start your training now. The more time you have to train, the better. So I recommend you don't waste any time getting started. If you have more than a few months until you walk the Camino, you can start slowly with just a walk or two each week. This is a good practice to get yourself accustomed to the routine of walking. Next, I'm going to get into some details of a walking plan for the Camino. When training for the Camino, I have two primary goals. Number one is establish a walking habit. That means, as I've said, start walking now and walk often. Aim to walk four to five days a week, even if it's just for 30 minutes to an hour. And my number two goal Increase time walked as the Camino start date approaches. As you count down to your Camino start, 
aim to continue to walk four to five days a week, spending more time each time you walk. You don't need to walk every day like you'll be doing on the Camino, unless you want to. Now I'm going to share with you my simplified take on increasing time walked as you approach your Camino start date. Bear with me, please, if this is a little hard to follow in this audio format, I do have a link for you in the notes to a page on my website where you can find all these details. The goals with this training plan are routine and repetition and getting your body accustomed to walking for hours at a time, multiple days a week. In other words, we're looking to mimic what you'll be doing on the Camino. I'm going to start with the biggest, grandest version of this training plan, which is intended for those who will be walking a long Camino, say the entire 800 kilometers from Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port to Santiago. If you'll be walking a shorter Camino or a shorter part of your chosen route, then you can adapt the plan to meet your needs. Here we go. As soon as you say yes to walking the Camino, or at least five months before your departure date, start walking four to five times a week. I know, four to five times a week, just for 30 minutes to an hour each time. We're looking simply to establish a habit and a routine for this first month of training. When you get to four months before departure, you'll want to start increasing the time spent walking on two of those days a week, bringing those walks up to two hours each. Continue walking the other two or three days, but only 30 minutes to an hour. At the three-month mark, increase the two-hour walks to three hours. At the two-month mark, increase the two three-hour walks to four hours each. And all this time, continue walking three additional days per week, up to one hour per day. At the one month before departure mark, increase the two four-hour walks to five hours each. And, as before, continue walking the three additional days for 30 minutes to an hour. Again, the goal is routine and repetition. Also, if you haven't already done this, at the one month before departure mark, it's now time to start carrying your backpack fully loaded up to its Camino weight. Just be aware, carrying your backpack loaded will change everything. Your feet, legs, hips, and back may start to hurt as you adjust to the additional weight, and you could develop blisters even if you haven't had any up to this point. I know, by now you're thinking, oh my goodness, she is asking for a lot. There is no way I'm going to have that much time to walk each week or day, especially in that final couple of weeks before departure. I know, I know. Just do the best you can. Are two long walks a week too much for you? Then try to schedule yourself for one long walk and three shorter walks. Is it too much to walk five days a week? Then walk for three or four days a week, but increase your distances as much as your schedule allows. The thing is, as I said before, you don't have to train at all. But if you do, 
It will make the walk that much easier on your body. There's one more thing I want to add to this full-on training plan, and this is where I will cut you some slack. The final week before departure, relax. You will be so focused on your last-minute to-do list and on getting out the door to the airport that you won't have as much time to train as before. That's okay. If you have time and desire to do a couple of short walks, great, do them. But this is the time to focus on the departure details and more importantly, on the people in your life who love you and who are supporting you in making this pilgrimage. And this is the time to find those few precious minutes to catch your breath, be still, reflect on the journey before you, and engage in any departure rituals or celebrations. Before I move on to the next topic, I want to answer the question of how to train for the Camino if you've just decided to do it, maybe somewhat last minute, or if you've been putting off your training and don't have five months to train. If that's the case, you'll need to accelerate your training time frame, but still aim to walk the same blocks of time. As an example, what if you have only 10 weeks to train? The key, as before, is to start now. Start where you are, with what you are able to do. Start small, regardless of when you start, with a 30 to 60 minute walk, five days a week. Then, instead of increasing your walking time as you count down the months, you would increase your time every two weeks. You can see that plan as well by following the link in the notes. And now, here are a few more ideas you may find helpful. Track how far you walk. Eventually, you'll want to be able to cover 20 or more kilometers in a day. The only way to know if you can do this is to track how far you walk each day. If you write this number down next to your hours walked, you'll have a clear record of your training progress. Another tip, use a mapping app to track your progress. I guess just about everyone has a smartphone these days, so why not take advantage of technology to track your training? A pilgrim friend from Australia introduced me to an app called Map My Walk. I think it'll do the trick. I'll put the link in the notes for that. There are others, so just do a search online and you'll find what you need. The next is to stay motivated. I find it really motivating to plan and track my goals and progress visually. So I like to use a wall calendar or a journal notebook to plan and track my training. I also enjoy bright colors and interesting images, so I mark up my calendar and journal with bright highlighters and symbols of the Camino. What display can you create to plan and track your training and keep yourself engaged in the physical preparation for your Camino journey? Well, I want to give you a few more tips to keep it interesting. Walking can become a bit routine, and you will likely have times in your training and on the Camino, where your enthusiasm for the task, oh, shall we say, lags some? Here are some tips to make training more enjoyable. Walk with a friend or loved one. A good conversation will help you cover ground. 
Pick a problem or idea to work out in your head as you walk. I come up with some of my best ideas while walking. The repetitive nature of walking allows my mind to go to interesting places. Listen to music, an audiobook, or this podcast. But I would caution you to do that only if you're on a machine at the gym. Wearing headphones outside can present a safety hazard if there are cars or cyclists around. The next tip, change up where you walk. This is a great time to explore the parks and trails in your area or to get to know your urban center from a new, slower perspective. And it's a good idea to practice walking on a variety of surfaces, dirt, pavement, mud, scree, up and down hills, to mimic the real experience on the Camino. When you're training with your backpack, try rearranging the items in your backpack and pay close attention to how it feels during your walk. Heavier items typically are best placed close to your lower back, toward the bottom of your pack, but be sure to test out what feels right for you. The next one, sing loudly. Pick a theme for the day like show tunes, gospel music, folk songs from the 70s, and sing your heart out. Walk at different times of the day to experience different temperatures, lighting, and daily life activities happening in your walking area. Compose your own walking songs as you go. If we ever meet on the trail, I'll teach you my Blue Sky song. Keep a journal of your walks. Record time and distance walked, plus any insights you gained, interesting people you met, startling discoveries of your neighborhood, etc. Okay, how are you feeling about the idea of training for your Camino journey? At this point, I want to say something really important. You can do this. Yes, this is a big thing you are taking on. Yes, you will need to put in the time and effort to prepare for such an undertaking. Yes, there will be challenges. But I suspect you have done other big things in your life and things worked out just fine. You can do this. Now let's go to Nancy's bare minimum training plan. As I've said, more really is more when training for the Camino. Of course, you don't want to do too much. But the more you train, the better physical shape you're in. The more you practice with your backpack on, the easier the physical aspect of your Camino walk will be. But I am a realist. And if you're like me, you will find every possible distraction to avoid training for the Camino. So now I present my three-step bare minimum training plan. Number one, improve your cardiovascular health. This is essential if you'll be starting in Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port and will be crossing the Pyrenees. So you need to at least put in some time climbing hills or stairs or otherwise getting your heart rate up. You'll know you're on the right track when the incline you start with, whether it's stairs, a treadmill, or a hill, becomes easier and you get winded less quickly. Number two, strengthen your quadriceps. This can be done while doing other tasks, so no excuses. While watching TV or a movie, stand up, 
place your hand lightly on a wall or piece of furniture and do three sets of 10 squats or lunges. Do this every day or two for a month and your quadriceps should be able to power you up, over, and down the mountain. Do be sure you're using proper form though so you don't injure your knees. And number three on the bare minimum training plan, break in your boots or walking shoes. New shoes sometimes take some getting used to. Breaking in boots is not just about getting your feet comfortable and preventing blisters though. When you break in a new pair of boots or shoes for the Camino, you need to build up the muscles in your legs that are used with the new footwear. The heavier and sturdier your boots, the more time you will need to get your legs and feet ready, so start as soon as possible. And just for good measure, you may as well move into your boots for the last two to three weeks before you start your Camino. That means wear them all the time and only them for the weeks leading up to your start date. I do this every time I'm headed to the Camino. Now let's look at some resources to help you achieve your overall fitness goals. As I hinted before, I am definitely not the queen of exercise. I know people who are, and I have great respect for them. While I won't likely become a queen of exercise anytime soon, I am happy to learn from the experts and share those resources with you. Again, the disclaimers. I am not a personal trainer. I am not a medical professional. I recommend you check with a physician before starting an exercise program. This information is shared in the spirit of goodwill and you participate at your own risk. A quick internet search will reveal far too many options, so I will narrow it down and give you just two websites that offer free workouts that combine cardiovascular and strength training benefits. You may notice that these websites show mostly women, but the programs work for men as well. The first is called the Tabata Workout. This workout was designed for Olympic athletes in the 1970s. I learned about it from my fitness genius best friend, and to be honest, I'm scared to try it. But she has told me I have to do it, so I will. It's really intense, but it gets results with just a four minutes per day commitment. I have a link for you to an article from Shape Magazine on the Tabata workout in the notes. The second resource is Pop Sugar Fitness. The Pop Sugar website has a little of everything, but its focus is mainly on fitness and healthy living. My go-to page is the one on workouts. It's full of fun, upbeat, get-off-the-couch workouts, and they give a bunch of options for people who don't have access to fancy equipment or a gym, or who don't like to go to the gym. The link for that website is also in the notes. Now, before we wrap up this episode on training for the Camino, we've got to talk about something that may come up for you. What if you start training for the Camino and you discover you hate walking? (laughs) Or what if you get a few weeks into your training and you just can't find the desire to keep going? You have some options. The first thing to do is to look back at your reasons for walking the Camino. Why are you walking? 
What was it that called you to the Camino in the first place? Use that reason to motivate you to continue your training. Another idea. Refer to the information from before on tips to keep it interesting. Find something, anything to mix it up. Next, fall back onto Nancy's bare minimum training plan. It's not ideal, but it does work and it will get you to the trail and up and over the first mountain. Next, talk to people who have walked the Camino. Connect with the Pilgrim community on Facebook. Stay in the Camino conversation any way you can. Next, redesign your Camino to include some walking and perhaps a car rental or bus tour that catches the highlights and ends in Santiago. And finally, here's another option. Choose another goal. Just like skydiving, climbing Mount Everest, and eating snails, walking the Camino isn't for everyone. If the Camino is calling to you, but you don't want to walk it, you can find other ways to be involved. The Camino is a UNESCO site full of destinations in their own rights. So perhaps you just want to visit as a tourist. There's no shame in that. All right, you ready to start training? I wish you great success and also great enjoyment as you get out there and train for your Camino. Let me give you this episode's top tip before I wrap up. Here it is. Start with the end in mind. This phrase was made popular with the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. The book was published in the U.S. in 1989, so it's not a new idea. Well, the book title doesn't really apply to our walk on the Camino. I think it's safe to say that walking the Camino isn't about being highly effective. But perhaps we can still use the phrase, start with the end in mind. This is where we take the question of, why are you walking the Camino? A few layers deeper. Let me give you a few questions to ponder. What do you hope to get out of walking the Camino? What do you hope to find on the Camino? Who will you become as a result of completing this journey? What will you do? after the Camino, with your newly discovered self. What is your dream for after the Camino? You know, the dream you've been dreaming since long before you even heard about the Camino. Can you answer all these questions now? Maybe, maybe not. But in asking these questions, you can open yourself up to a deeper, fuller experience as a pilgrim on the way. And truly, if you've already said yes to walking the Camino, then your pilgrimage has already begun. Keep asking the questions, and the answers will come, often in surprising ways. Blessings, dear pilgrims. Would you like to share your experience of getting ready to walk the Camino de Santiago? and receive some personalized guidance on your planning and preparations? If you have not yet walked a Camino and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please find the link in the notes for this show to let me know you're interested. If you'd like assistance getting started on your Camino journey, or if you would like to join me on the trail 
in May or September, visit thecaminoexperience.com to take your first steps. Bye for now.